0: Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Uh, If you have a copy of God's Word, we'll be in the book of Psalms in the 10th chapter just to give us a foundational verse. Last week, we began a brand new teaching series called Airplane Mode, turning off the distractions of the world and turning up the voice of God. And last week, the sermon was titled The God Who Speaks. This week, we're going to be looking at the God who listens. We serve a listening God. God is not just an absent God or a God that does not hear. He does not uh, just ignore your request, but instead he is a listening God. And I'd like to take you on a journey today to explore our God, our, our Savior, our King that actually listens to us when we speak. It's one thing for God to speak. It's another privilege for him to listen because you guys know your complaints. And, and, and the fact that God would listen to those is extraordinary and incredible. And I'd like to take you on a journey today through the scriptures that will prove to you that God is listening to your request. Every need that you have, he is listening to you, and he's a good God. So let's start in Psalm 10, verse 17, as a foundational verse, and then we'll get into it. Uh, it says this in Psalm 10, verse 17. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear." Can you hear me now one more time? It says, oh Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart and you will incline your ear. What a good God we serve that inclines his ear to your every need today, to your desires and your dreams. So father, we thank you today that you incline your ear to us we submit and surrender our lives to the biblical teaching of your word. In a world where opinions are flying off the shelf, we stand on the word that never fails. For the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains the same. That means that your ear that has been inclined for thousands of years is inclined right now since the beginning of time and even today. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Helen Keller was both deaf and blind. And she said that if she could have either of her two senses restored, she would choose to hear rather than see. That Helen Keller, if she was given the option to choose between the restoration of her sight or the restoration of her hearing, that she would choose for her hearing to be restored before her sight. Now, I don't know about you, but that seemed like the wrong choice. I want to see stuff. If I can't see, I want to see stuff. And this is what she said to explain her choice of wanting her hearing restored over her sight. She said, the loss of sight cuts you off from things while the loss of hearing cuts you off from people. The loss of sight cuts you off from things, being able to see the cityscape and the mountains and the valleys and the the green grass and and all of the, the things that God has made. While the loss of hearing cuts you off from people. If there's anything I know about God is that he hates being cut off from his people. I believe that God has chosen to hear your cries because he wants a relationship with you today. God desires a close proximity relationship, one not only where it's transactional in that he speaks through the power of his spirit, but also one where he hears the cries of his people and acts according to his will. What a great God that we serve that he actually hears his people if there's anything I know about God, is that he does not want to turn a deaf ear to his people. But instead, he wants to hear our cries. But God not only hears, he also listens. (laughs) I love the Bible so much. God not only hears, he also listens. Well, pastor, what's the difference between hearing and listening? Are you ready? Hearing is what your husband does. (laughs) Listening is what your mother does. Come on, somebody with a good listening mom. Come on now. That's a good note. You should write, husbands are like, what did he just say? (laughs) I I need to write that down. Hearing is what your husband does, (laughs) while listening is what your mama does. There's a difference between hearing and listening. What we call listening is actually hearing most of the time because our brains are wired to start responding before the person speaking is even finished saying what they are saying. So if you start to answer before they're finished, you're just hearing, you're not listening. Why? Because you are hearing in order to respond instead of listening in order to receive. And because we void, we have such a void of quality listening on today's earth, here on earth, you don't know that God actually has chosen to listen to you more than he has chosen just to hear you. Because you don't have a frame of reference as to what it means to be listened to. And because you don't have a frame of reference as to what it means to be listened to, you think that God is busy. Too busy to listen and only busy enough to hear. But that's just your husband. That's not our God. Our God is a listening God, not just a hearing God. And as a matter of fact, he inclines his ear to every single request. He inclines his ear to you today. Whatever your needs are, he wants to meet them. He wants to know, not only know about you, he wants to know you. Do you know what listening is? Uh, listening is like uh, going to Arby's through the drive-through. Welcome to Arby's. Can take your order. What was that? You want a roast beef sandwich? Okay. Total nine sixty-four. I'll see you at the window. You go to the window. They got it all wrong. Forget your straw every time. Why? Because they heard you, no napkins napkins, ever. (laughs) Do you know what listening is? (laughs) Chick-fil-A. I promise you right now, yesterday, I promise you, I was at Chick-fil-A yesterday, I was on the highway and the kid was with his iPad on 540, dodging traffic. I am not making this up. It was a 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. This 12-year-old kid was out there with his iPad. Not only was he out there with his iPad, they had a contraption that wrapped ice around there. I am not making this up. Ice was wrapped around his arm. I said, what is that on your arm? He says, it's ice. I said, why is ice wrapped around your arm? He says, it keeps the iPad cool." I'm on 540 and he's taking my order. Semi trucks are flying through the road. Well, well, And he goes, This, he goes, Can I have your name for the order? You want to know my name? He wants to know my name. He's like, can I help you fix your credit score? I'm like, where do they find these kids? What is the difference between Arby's and Chick fil A? Chick fil A is listening. Arby's just heard your order. We serve a listening God that loves you so much that more than an ice pack on his forearm, he sent his son Jesus to break the barrier of sin that was in between you and me so that we could not just have a transactional religious experience, but instead to have a true encounter with a God that is intimately pursuing relationship with us. He doesn't just know you or just love you. He's listening to you. He inclines his ear. He's the Chick-fil-A drive through of listening. He's not speaking to you through a speaker system. The reason Chick-fil-A rarely messes up, I was about to say never because it's pretty rare, is because they're close. They not only can see your face, they can read your lips. They're not hearing you through a filtered system that is been there since the beginning they're not hearing you through a little speaker in their ear they're asking you what your name is as a matter of fact just the other day they put the color of my vehicle in the order on the receipt it said green truck I'm like these people know everything about me (laughs) I go there often enough they're like they don't even have to you know get my name they're like hey Mike how's the kids doing are you excited the school's starting again you know how's the church this is crazy Why? Because they're listening. In a world void of listening ears, we serve a God that listens. He he cares deeply about your concerns. He's a listening God. What's great about God is he just doesn't shout commands from a distance. But once he's done leading you and guiding you through the Holy Spirit, he'll actually give you an opportunity to speak to him, and he'll incline his ear. That's a great God. I don't know of any other God that leans his ear this close and says, how can I help you get through whatever you're going through? He's listening because he's close. God not only hears you, he listens to you. As a matter of fact, hearing God and listening to God are two different experiences. Samuel, the junior prophet, J.V., Serving under Eli in the temple, basically sleeping, would basically be right here, serving the Lord as an intern in the temple. He gets woken up because he hears God, but he doesn't know how to articulate what he's heard. So he mistakes what he heard for his his master, the prophet in the house. And he he says, did you call me? And Eli says, no, go back to sleep. I didn't call you. He goes back to sleep. He gets up again. He goes, did you call me? He says, no, 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 go back to sleep. I didn't call you. He goes back again. He says, I know I heard something. And Eli, in his wisdom and experience with the Lord, says next time you hear that, say this. Say, here I am, Lord. Your servant is what? Oh, he's listening. (laughs) See, the first three times he had heard God, but once he got under some mature teaching, once, once, the, once the wise person in the relationship realized what was happening, he turned hearing from God to listening to God. Oh, I came to preach to somebody today. You can't have an Arby's relationship with Jesus. You need a Chick-fil-A one, one that, where you don't just hear God, but instead you listen to what he says. And when you listen to what he says, you can respond, and he will incline his ear back to you. What a good God we serve. I love how Eli says, hey, hey, tell him, tell him, your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. So I, I want to pose two questions to you today. Who does God listen to and who does God not listen to? Like, that's a valid question. Like, if I want to be a person that God listens to, who does God listen to? And the more important question is who does God not listen to? And it says this in in Psalm 34. First question, who does God listen to? His church and his children. Psalm 34, verse 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. God hears and acts every time you cry out to him. If you're righteous. If my people, meaning you are a part of His people. A a, a God that listens doesn't require a church that simply speaks, but instead a church that prays. It's important to get back to prayer. We, we, we kind of lost that old school mother drag you by the ear at an ungodly hour on a Tuesday afternoon for afternoon prayer. We've replaced it with a Zoom call or a conference call prayer line, which is fine, but let me tell you right now, there's nothing like linking arms with a few saints that have been before the throne room of God that will stand in the gap for every lost soul in Raleigh, that will stand in the gap for every financial challenge that is going on in a church, that will stand in the gap for every marriage on the brinks. There is something about a church that prays. I don't know what kind of church you went to but I went to a praying church where the 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 old ladies had little mints in their purses they never ran out it was like it was like feeding the 5,000 with the mints And they would be mumbling under their breath, praying in the spirit. Why? Because they understood that their prayers were heard by a listening God. That their breakthrough was coming when they prayed. I came to preach to this church. We are going to be a church of prayer. This house will not be a house of thieves. It will be a house of prayer, says the Lord. We will gather together in the spirit and we will go to God on your behalf. And I will contend for the miraculous in your life. I'll pray you into a better situation than you're in right now. I will, I will shout unto God until breakthrough comes. I will ask, I will put so much oil all over these chairs that you'll slide out when you try to sit in it. I'm old school like that. We believe in the power of prayer, in the name of Jesus, in the power of intercession, in the power that breaks chains and strongholds. Why? Because when we pray, God listens. He listens. I want a church that serves a listening God. A God that, that, that leans his ear into your every need. So who does God hear? Who does God hear? He hears his church. And he hears his children. What a good God that he just doesn't hear, but he also listens. I hear a lot, but I listen a little, you know. Take out the trash, what? It'd be nice to have a night off every once in a while. What? I like these kind of flowers, you know. I heard you, but I wasn't listening. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Husbands, just tune it up a little bit. Shh. <laughs> it says in First Peter 3, verse 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on who? on the righteous and his ears. We pray for the hand of God, but very few times are we praying for the ears of God to be attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So how do we pray? We pray in Jesus' name for the will of the Father to be done. We pray in Jesus' name here, no other name, We pray in the name of Jesus for the will of God to be done, his perfect pleasing and good will to be done in our lives. Nothing that you bring to God takes him by surprise. There's nothing that you can pray for where he's like, "Mm, can't do that. I didn't know that about you. You really deal with that? You're not surprising God with your prayers where you're like, God, help me in this dysfunction. He's not like, "Mm, that's my limit right there. I draw the line at at that. Your sin is too great for me to handle. I think a lot of times we stop praying because we think we've reached the sin limit that God has for us. But I want to let you know, nothing is taking God by surprise. As a matter of fact, nothing that you've done will cause him to be distant from you. Nothing that you've done will cause him to take a step back. Allow me to reevaluate my decision to send my son Jesus to die for you. He never reconsiders the guarantee to lean his ear towards the righteous. He does not change his mind on how much he loves you. He has not changed his mind as his decision to create you. And so if you are feeling under attack, like you need, like you're going to disappoint God, I want to let you know today, he is not disappointed in you. You are his child. He leans his ear towards the righteous. Bring it to God. Who does God hear? He hears his children and his church. So who does God not listen to? God does not listen to sinners. I know. You're thinking to yourself, well, that's me. Me too, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And thank God for his word that will reveal to you in just a moment that God does not listen to sinners. Got real quiet in here because I'm about to reveal to you scriptures that you probably wanted to use a sharpie on. But at this church, we don't highlight in sharpie. We do not remove a single verse. We even believe the maps were inspired by God. The table of contents. (laughs) We believe in the whole Bible. And here's what it says. I got a couple of verses just to prove that God does not listen to sinners because this is really... It, 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 like When I was in study this week, I was like, ah, no. I don't want to say that in front of all the internet and the people, but it's the Word. John 9.31 says, now we know that God does not hear sinners. <laughs> Can we go home now? God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will... He hears him. Let me read that one more time for the sinners in the back. Just a joke. They're watching online. That's just a joke. They're watching a replay. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears them. Not convinced? I got another one, Psalm 66, verse 17 through 20. I cried out to him with my mouth, his praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened. And has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer. Or withheld his love from me. Pretty clear. Not convinced. I got another one. Proverbs fifteen twenty nine: The Lord is far from the wicked. But he hears the prayer of the righteous. Some of you feel far from God. It's the sin that has separated you. And you wonder why God hasn't heard your prayers or heard your cries. Sin will keep you from the inclining ear of an almighty God. Not convinced? Isaiah 59 verse 2. But your iniquities have made separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you So that he does not hear. I do not want to be in that place. I do not want to be at a church that sins so much that God's ear is removed from being inclined to his people. And the the honesty, honestly, there are many churches who have stopped preaching repentance, righteousness, and holiness, and they wonder why God hasn't answered their prayers. There are people who live a life of unrepentant sin, expecting to be blessed. But my Bible all over it. That wasn't just one little verse that I took out of context. That wasn't just one New Testament or Old Testament law. That was four or five verses all throughout scripture, clearly stating that the character of God and the will of God is for you to be holy and righteous and sinless before an almighty God so that he would incline his ear and hear you. So if you're looking for a God that listens, he's looking for a church that's righteous. Why isn't God hearing me? Well, you live a lifestyle of unrepentant sin, sir. And that lifestyle of unrepentant sin is separating you from a God that wants to commune with you so much. He loves you too much for you to stay in that unrepentant sin. He wants to hear from you, but he can't hear from you because he will not mix or mingle with your lifestyle of unrepentant sin. You wonder why God hasn't heard you? It's because you have not repented. It is nothing that God has done that has separated you from him. It is something that you have done, and I am calling this church to repentance. I don't know about any other churches, but this church will be a church of holiness, righteousness, one that asks for forgiveness and repents of our sins, we will pursue God with everything we have. Clean hands, pure hearts, pure ears, pure eyes in Jesus' name. Can you give him some praise? That's scary. That's scary. Do you know how scary that is? God's not listening to unrepentant sinners. I see these celebrities saying, oh, prayers for this, prayers for that. If your lifestyle is not lined up, God ain't hearing those prayers. (laughs) I'm just here to bear truth to you today. It's not that he doesn't love you. It's that he loves you too much to let you keep doing that and listen to you. He sent his son so that you don't have to live that way. He sent Jesus so that you wouldn't have to live in sin. And the sin that separates you from God is a dangerous one. I want to serve God with open hands and a pure heart so that I know what beyond the shadow of a doubt. Every time I come before him, I know he's listening. He might not always give me the answer that I want. But I don't ever want to remove his ear from at least hearing my request. And sin separates us from a loving God. It separates us from him. It's not popular. In a world where anything goes, be who you ever want to be. Find your own truth. I don't want to do that. Because if what I find is a sinful lifestyle... God will remove his inclining ear from me. And I've just met so many people towing the line of a lifestyle of unrepentant sin. Things that they can control. Things that they can break off their life. But they choose to be cyclical in its pattern. And God is saying, please, repent. I sent Jesus to handle that for you. So that my ear doesn't have to be removed from your request. If you're struggling to hear God, audit your sin. We've all sinned. No one is perfect. No one is blameless. The only blameless one is Jesus. But we all have this opportunity to repent and ask for forgiveness. And I don't know if we're doing that enough. I don't know if God is listening anymore. There's so much unrepented sin in our culture that I'm wondering if the hand of God has long been removed And now he's about to lift his ear from even hearing our cries. Not at this church. Not at my house. Not in my house. I'm going to ensure that we live pure, holy, and righteous lives. It's old school. But it's truth. it's, it's, It's grace and truth. There's a woman caught in the act of adultery Men come to throw rocks at her. Jesus stops them and writes down in the sand. And he, by the time he's done writing in the sand, they've all dispersed. And he asks this lady, where are your accusers? And then he says, go and sin no more. Well, which one is it? The grace that you are no longer accused or condemned? But it's also the truth that you, you should sin no more. It wasn't like he said, okay, I got rid of these guys. Just don't get caught again. You know, they were about to throw rocks at you. Just be careful next time. Don't get exposed. No, 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 no. He said, go and sin no more. God is full of grace and truth. And the truth is he'll remove his ear. If you live a life of unrepentant sin. My heart breaks for this next generation. If they don't realize the things that they're living. Like it's it's sin has become so normalized. They don't even know that what they're doing is separating them from God. Like my heart is broken. My heart is broken. So how does this play out practically? How do we. Get God to listen to us again if we live a life of unrepentant sin. I found this one narrative in First Samuel 23 that was fascinating to me. It says in 1 Samuel 23 verses 1 and 2, it says, When David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Kayla and are looting the threshing floors. Look at this. He inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, Go attack the Philistines and save Caleb. Did you catch it? David, shepherd boy, bear slayer, lion slayer, youngest of many brothers, anointed king. I mean, oil is still in his beard from when he was anointed to be the next king. Business card full of accolades already. As a matter of fact, on that business card would be giant slayer. 1 Samuel 23 comes after he slays Goliath. Goliath was in the Philistine army. He had already beat the Philistine army, and ran around town with Goliath's head on a spear saying, I got the victory through Christ, through Jesus, through God, his help, because it's the Old Testament. Through God, I got the victory. Why does David inquire of the Lord to do something he's already done? Like When you get good at something, you stop praying about it. Let's be real. When your business becomes successful, you stop asking God to be your daily bread. When you, when you start making real money, you, 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 start, you start thinking that it was your effort. He beat Goliath, guys. Already happened. He, they, they fled. He was successful already previously in his life. He was already successful, yet he still inquired of the Lord, should I fight this battle or not? See, when you get really good at something, you get calloused, and you stop asking God if you should do something or not, and you just start to do it. Preaching is this way. Worshiping is this way. Giving can become this way. You can become insensitive to the voice of God to where you stop inquiring of the Lord to do something that you've already been previously successful at. The more mature a Christian gets, the less likely they are to inquire of the Lord in the details of their life. So instead of asking God to burden you for that cashier, you just go to Instacart, go to the self-checkout anyways. And you begin to avoid things that if you ask God about, he might reveal himself to you. Do you not think David probably had some advisors and they were like, dude, Kayla, we got them. Dude, you, you, you crushed Goliath, bro. Do you know who you are, David? You're the giant slayer, bro. Have you seen your resume, bro? you killed the Philistines already. We've already got this. And he's like, no, no, no. Even though I was successful in my past, I must be submitted in my present. And every detail of my life must be an inquiry of the Lord. So Lord, should I go here? Should I step into this? Should I step into that? Should I do this? Should I do that? I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be a Christian so mature, so put together that I don't have to ask the Lord because he did it for me in the past. You never graduate. You remember when you used to have to ask permission to go to the bathroom in school? <sighs> Teacher, miss, mister, miss, mister. Hello, sir, ma'am, sir. I need to go to the bathroom. Can I go to the bathroom? Can I go to the bathroom? And they'd be like, yeah, here's a hall pass. Remember a hall pass? You had to ask every time. It was like passport to do whatever you wanted to do for a reasonable amount of time. I mean, you go too long, they would be like, hey, he's not in the bathroom. Uh, they done went to Wendy's or something across the street. And then you get to college. No one in college asks if they should go to the bathroom or not. If you ask your professor, professor, you're getting your Ph.D., engineering. Excuse me, sir. Sir, sorry to interrupt this lecture. Can I go to the bathroom? The whole class would look at you like, dude, just go to the bathroom. Why? Because you've graduated, and when you go to college, you assume responsibility for yourself. Right? You never graduate from inquiring from the Lord. There is is freedom in Christ, but there's also submission to the will of the Father. So therefore, I will not continue to Go forth in my life without inquiring of the Lord on every detail that comes to my mind. God, should I talk to the guy that's cutting my grass? God, should I pray for this homeless man begging on the side of the road? God, should I, should I go this way or should I go that way? Should I talk to my coworker? Should I invite my friend? If you learn to inquire of the Lord more often, you'll be surprised at how close his ear inclines. David inquired of the Lord, even though he was good at what he was asking permission to do. That's why when I stand up here, I never want to be the good enough preacher that doesn't ask God if this is what he wants me to say. I don't ever want to get here and say, those songs, y'all know how to do it. Just do it. No, we submit to the presence of an almighty God, to his wills and to his ways. And we say, God, how do you want me to raise these kids? how do you want me to speak to my spouse? They're not following you right now. My house is divided. Submit and inquire of the Lord, even the things that you're good at. Bless the tithe, even though you've been tithing for 40 years. God, is this what you want me to give today? Or is there more? Is this the amount? I've met people that tithe to the decimal point, but I wonder wonder if God would just speak to you to give a little bit more. God, is this where, is this my church? Speak to me. Some of you have been kicking the tires at Focus Church for 12 months. Like, this is your church. And what would you have me do? Where would you have me serve? Inquire of the Lord even when you've gotten good at something. How do we do this? I'm glad you asked. God is not moved by our position of power, but instead by our posture of humility. No matter my level of of success, it begins with a request. I have four forms of inquiry. I know what you're thinking. Pastor, I'm hungry. We're going to move quickly. Number one is you need to inquire frequently of the Lord. This is a daily decision. As often as you breathe, you should be praying. As often as you breathe, you should be communing with the Lord. It's how Adam and Eve had it designed. It was frequent. It was in the cool of the evening. It was daily. It was a relationship. Moses heard God tell him to take his shoes off. Let me tell you right now, it is a daily decision. It is frequently. It is frequently. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, meaning praying continuously, without ceasing, without stopping. Give thanks in all circumstances. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The second one is this, is to inquire fervently. What does fervently mean? I'm glad you asked. It means having or displaying a passionate intensity. It means like the veins in your neck should be popping out when you intercede on behalf of I mean, I'm, I'm all about like reflective praying. I think there's a place for that, but I'm also about some intercession, where you stand in the gap and you say, I'm not moving until I hear God's voice again. I'm not changing until I hear God tell me to do so. I'm not going there or doing anything until I have a clear signal from the will of God. There is something about intercession and fervency that gets the attention of the Holy Spirit, and it will act and move and change in your life. So not only will I inquire frequently but I'll inquire fervently you came into a church today that believes what it says in James chapter 5 confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man remember sinners don't get the ear of God but righteous people do of a righteous man availeth much number three is inquire specifically some of you guys got just like, bless this food prayers, Lord bless this food. Okay, anything else, no, that's it. Just bless the food, that's it. There's nothing else in your life you want me to handle. Nothing else, just bless the food. Well, dude, you know you can get specific with God. You know you can get minute details that he cares about with God. Did you know that you could actually begin to say, Father, I want, I, I, we, we want a child, we want to start a family. And so, Father, reveal to us what needs to happen in order for your will to be done in our lives. And he will reveal. God cares so specifically about your dreams and your desires that he will listen to you specifically. Some of you are just praying, God, bless me. No, how do you want him to bless you? God, forgive me. Well, what do you want him to forgive you of? Because when you get specific with your repentance, he will get specific with the revelation as to what you need to change in your life. And so, if... You repent of something general, then you won't. Re- it won't reveal anything but general revelation. Well, stop sinning. Forgive me. Stop sinning. But if you say, Father, I'm struggling with this addiction. I'm struggling with this thought life. Why does this happen? He would say, well, it's because you spend that much time on your phone right before you go to bed. And then those racing thoughts lead into your dreams. And then your dreams are tainted by those thoughts that you just got done. Why don't you, instead of scrolling on the phone before you go to bed, why don't you, Read my word. He'll reveal things like that specifically if you ask him to. It says, whenever you ask in my name, John 14, 13 through 14, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So if you're asking him to do something that the Father won't be glorified in, he probably won't do it. But if you're asking him to do something that God will get glory from, he will do it. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And the fourth thing is to inquire humbly. It's our posture today. Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, notice my people, notice he didn't say all people. He doesn't hear all people. He does not hear sinners. Every time you hear God talk about hearing, it's either I won't listen to sinners or I will listen to my people. (laughs) I'm sorry to break the truth to you today. If you're living a life of sin, it, he will struggle hearing your, your prayers and your request. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. We need that today. We need our sins forgiven. And by golly, we need our land healed. Like we need our personal sins forgiven and we need our national land healed. Like I want to first deal with our personal sin before I rail on our nation's healing needs. And so let's first reflect inwardly before I reflect or we reflect outwardly. Because when I humble myself and pray, first he'll forgive me of my sins and then it'll bring healing to our land and we need both your kids that are about to start school or have just started school they're going into the line of fire we need healing we need healing the the, the disease and the virus, we need healing we need healing I am not here to get political, but we need healing we need healing but before we can receive healing, he must forgive us of our sins. So at the sound of my voice, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if no one could move or leave for just a few moments, I promise you whatever you're getting to will be still be there whenever we're done. There are people that are struggling to hear from God for the first time. And that's because sin has separated you from Jesus, from the Father, and he has connected us through Jesus. If you say, I'm not connected to the Father, I cannot hear his voice, he cannot hear my voice, I, I, I've, I'm separate from God, I feel far from God today. If that is you today, you say, I need this healing. I need forgiveness of my sins. I need to be cleansed from my unrighteousness. I know I'm far from God. I knew it before I walked in here. Thank you for the opportunity to come close. God does not want to be distant from you. He wants to be close to you. And the way that he did that was through Jesus. He made a way. And so if you came in here today and you don't know Jesus, I just want to pray for you. I will not call you out. I will not, I will not uh, embarrass you. But I do want to be able to pray for you. And if that is you today, you say, Pastor, I want to hear from God. The way you hear from God is through his son Jesus by experiencing salvation, the grace of God through Christ Jesus so that you can hear the truth of God, which is conviction. If you want to receive Jesus today as your Lord and Savior and you've never been saved, this is your moment. And allow me to be extremely clear. This is a place of salvation. Your sins can be forgiven in Jesus' name. So if that is you today, would you? Just do me the favor so that I can pray for you. Just raise your hand. You say, I'm far from God, and I need to receive Jesus. Just raise your hand. Praise God. Keep your hand up right now. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. I see you. Keep your hand up. Someone is bringing you a card. They're just bringing you a little card. Just grab that card. Thank you, God. Just keep your hand up until you get that card. Thank you, God. Oh, God, the harvest is plenty. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you have a card in your hand, I want to encourage you today, as you leave, to go to the white tent on your way out. We have a Bible that we want to give you, and we have a team that wants to pray for you. If you take that card to the white tent, it's the best way for us to follow up with you. Don't make this decision just by yourself and and isolate yourself, but surround yourself with like-minded people that will help you on this journey. So you have that white card in your hand. And those of you that have already experienced the salvation of Jesus, everyone at the sound of my voice, let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I repent and I live my life submitted to your will. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands. Let's welcome those that just pray to the family of God. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make the ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit gifttofocus.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends. And while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at MyFocusChurch. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.